Okay, are you ready? Ah, I'm ready. Ah, <laughs> Your mouth looks terrible. That's how I'm going to warm up from now on. Do you like it? No. I've got two boards. I got two wogs. I got two phones. <laughs> what? Anyway. <laughs> Fundament- the, f- the fundamentals. The fundamentals. You are the fundamentals. Oh. Let's go. His name's Joe. 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 Drop the mic. Walk away. Swift roundhouse kick to the face. Bada bada. Boom. I'm. I'm. The podcast's over. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss the current meta, Gold Rush, an awesome deck spotlight, and more. Dude, your face. You made me laugh. <laughs> you're over there. I'm, I'm, I'm here trying to have my introduction line, like, all serious and stuff, and you're just making faces over there making me laugh. Joe can't handle when I'm dancing on the other end of the Skype call, and I'm just, like, doing this weird hula dance, and he's, like, trying so hard to keep it together. <laughs> Next time, I'm just going to put your ver- your portion of the screen, like, where you show up, behind everything else. That way I can't see you. Ah, that's actually really smart. Well, you know what? To be fair, you did pretty good, all things considered. Boom. Thanks, man. So what is up? Episode 49, baby. Let's go. I know, dude. And you know, it's funny. This is technically episode 50 because we started with triple zero. Mmm. We did start with triple zero. Well, no, no. Did we? Yep. Testing one, two, man. Right. Yeah. And then this, the second episode was technically the first episode, which was welcome to the show. Right. Exactly. So maybe, uh, I don't know, man, f- f- the real 50s coming soon. Reminisce about the days of old, yo. Right. Okay. Uh, That's how so... I'm dropping it down right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so yeah, uh, you want to just jump right in? I don't really have too much of an intro to go through other than if you want to talk about my iPhone 10. Oh yeah, dude, you got an iPhone 10? Well, iPhone X, do they call it 10 or iPhone X? Joe, you're better than that. You're right, I am. But I got the iPhone 8 Plus and I am loving it. I know, you do love it. And your screen is uh, a little bit wider than mine, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it is. But you have like a full screen and you have like the ability to get some facial recognition. So pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be better if Clash was updated for the iPhone 10, though. <laughs> it's really annoying that the screen is, like, small and I'm, like, looking at these. You know, you can't see the black bars, but I know they're there because I'm ridiculously OCD about that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's our iPhone 10 talk for the week. Uh, you want to go into some Clash? Let's do it. All right. So how was your week in the arena? Um, week's been okay. I, I, I've had better, I've had better weeks in the arena, Rob. Um, <laughs> see, season reset, right? So I guess, was it this week or I guess last week? Sometime recently, the season reset, this, I was at- This past week. Right. At some point, I was at Master 1, which is, I guess, I was around 4,900 trophies. Um, and once I get to that, that, that trophy count, I, I usually don't play that much just because 
I usually hit like a trophy death spiral that I don't want to experience, so I usually just kind of stop playing. And we talked about that last time, about not wanting to play, but wanting to play. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And it's just like, you know, at least on the ladder, I try not to play so much, so I just wind up playing a lot of challenges. So I wound up finishing off the season at 4,900 trophies. I got my draft chest. I got a princess in the draft chest, so I can now get her to level three. Bada, bada. Boom. Boom. And my arrows are about halfway to maxed. So I need about 2,000 more of those. I'm still using the mortar mauler, but right now I'm sitting at around 43, 4,400 trophies. I'm having a hard time climbing this season. Like typically after the reset, you know, I can kind of climb maybe two to 300 trophies very quickly. This time around, man, it's been a struggle. Like as soon as the season reset, I lost like two to 300 trophies mm-hmm. <laughs> and then came back and then went back down and came back. So it's been a roller coaster so far. Yeah, you're telling me. Uh, so my previous season, uh, I think I ended it like right under uh, 4,400. So I was I was pretty close. Not my all time high. My all time high was um, just over 4,600, which Man, I would love to get there again, but I don't know if that's happening right now. Uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I'm hovering just above 4,000, which is really scary. Um, To be fair, I haven't really been playing too much, but I can't seem to stay above 4,100 long enough to make a difference. (laughs) So I don't really know what I'm going to do. Uh, I feel like I'm playing Mortar really well, but I just feel like um, a lot of the decks that I'm facing, dude, I swear, I don't care what anyone says, this game puts me against Royal GG's all the time, and I roll my eyes every time, and then I say, you know what I say? I'm going to tell you what I say. What I say is, (laughs) if they give me, wait, if they give me another Royal Giant, I'm quitting the game and I'm, I'm, I'm not playing for the rest of the match. I'm just going to take the loss because I can't handle it anymore. It's, I played a row of matches, dude, a string of matches. They gave me five Royal Giant decks in a row. Guess how many I won? You don't even have to guess. Zero games. Sound a little bit frustrated there, brother. This is why I haven't been playing as much as I want it to be. It's really annoying. I mean, do you really think that the game matches you up against anything like i think it's totally random i don't know it could totally be random and i could just be making this up in my head but that's just my personal opinion not saying that you share that yeah no i definitely don't you're like a conspiracy theory rejoice kind of person right now only with clash i get it you're venting it's fine it happens you can't win them all and look man when you when you get a royal gg you just gotta play for the draw you can't you can't give into the to the l gotta just play for the draw if you got the mortar well, that's true. Um, and I, I don't remember where I was at last episode with the progress of my maxed out night, but right now I'm at 70K, which is great. I only need 30 more, so that's fantastic. And right now I'm currently a quarter of the way to a level 10 rocket. So, I mean, I'm still, I'm still really far, but uh, I feel like it just naturally takes a lot longer to get those cards because you only get four per request. And I, I believe I told you this, I don't know, on an epic sunday discussion that we were talking about i kind of skip the whole request the epics i just go right back to uh requesting my rares because i I just i really want the level 10 yeah but you only get to request epics once a week 
Let me tell you my logic here, though. Tell me, please. <laughs> my, my, my logic now is that they give me a free Epic in the shop on Sundays now. So, if so facto, it kind of balances out. I know I can request more throughout the day on the Sunday, but I'm content with my one Epic because I usually don't like the card that they give me anyway. You're typically in a negative three position then because, like, why would you do that? You're going to get the rares anyway, man. No one said I was smart, Joe. Well, I won't argue that, Rob. All right. <laughs> wait, wait. I got, a, I, got a, I got a couple more. So I got an Electro Wizard from a measly silver chest this past nice. week, which was a huge surprise. Um, and then I also got a graveyard, or I got to pick the graveyard, um, in my season end draft chest. So that was uh, pretty cool. What did you pick the graveyard over if it was from your draft chest? I don't really know. Probably a Lava Hound. Something that made it pretty easy to pick my, my graveyard. And plus, my graveyard, the, one of the only legendaries that I didn't have uh, two cards to be able to upgrade it. So I, I usually choose based on that. Nice. So right now your graveyard is level two. Ah, no. Could be level two. I kind of let them sit for a while because I don't want to spend the gold if I don't have to. Especially when I'm trying really hard just to get 100,000 for a maxed out night. Every 5,000 helps, so I'm not going to put it towards that unless I need the card. Boom. All right, enough about me. Uh, do you have any other things you want to go over real quick before we jump into some topics? Yeah, man. So, so get this. Two guys from our community, Frosty8 and Supercell58, they decided to make a podcast on Clash Royale, and they've dubbed it The Clash Podcast. I think right now they only have one episode out. But they are just starting off, and to be honest, I listened to the first episode, Rob, and it reminded me a lot of when like, you and I first started, how we didn't have equipment, and we didn't have really anything going on for us. The golden days. Yeah, that, that full circle, baby. Reminisce about the days of old, right? That's it. Yeah, so we just want to wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. If you guys want to check it out, it's called The Clash Podcast. Pretty sure they're only on Google Play right now, but you can also find them on Podbean, etc. But, um... Wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. Boom. Nothing like seeing uh, our community sprout new flowers all over the place. That's pretty awesome. I'm very, very excited for them. Boom. Ready to talk some Clash? Some real hardcore, semi-casual Clash? That's what I do, man. I <laughs> rev up my engines for some casual, hardcore talk about Clash. Good, because we need to get ready for the gold rush. Oh, the gold rush. All right, so for, I don't know how anybody playing this game doesn't know what, what happened this past week. So we got one of the special events that actually happens in the ladder matches, which has been dubbed gold rush. So essentially, you press your battle button, you go into play, and it works like every other game, except the towers are a beautiful gold color. Because when you take one out, you get a bunch of gold. So the more towers you take out, you get gold in your stash of gold back on the main screen, which I thought was fantastic. Um, they do limit it. I believe you could only get up to 5,000 gold during the time period. Um, and it lasted uh, maybe three days, I believe. But dude, what did you think about this? So I thought it was awesome. I mean, like you said, if you're in the legendary arena and... I think if you're in the legendary arena and you take out one tower, you get 100 gold, two towers, 200 gold more. And if you get the three crown, you get an extra 300 gold. So at the end of the day, you can get 600 gold per match if you three crown. 
But like you said, it only happens in the ladder. So I thought this was pretty cool. They capped it, like you said, at you know 5,000 gold for the weekend. But I thought this was pretty cool, right? Because we've been talking a lot about the fact that the ladder is just kind of a stale place to be in right now, right? Like if you're not a pay-to-play player, it's kind of hard to keep up in the ladder. And there's no true incentive. Why would you play in the ladder when you can just do 2v2s with your friends and get chests? Or you can just do you know, classic challenges to improve on new decks that you want to work on, right? Right. Um, whereas the ladder is kind of frustrating. This allowed you to play the ladder and get only exclusive rewards from playing in the ladder. For example, if you were in a classic challenge, you got no additional gold for taking out towers, right? So, you know, this was an exclusive reward and I thought it was a really cool idea. The other thing that was awesome about this weekend was the fact that they offered three different types of boosters, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, you want to talk us through them? Yes. So the first one gave you 300 extra victory gold, so I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, the second one was two times the amount of cards and gold in your crown chest, and then the last one was faster unlock times. Now, the tricky part, which, again, I'm kind of like, huh? They all cost 300 gems. So let me ask you for your opinion first before I give you my opinion. About the cost being 300 gems? Give me your opinion on the items themselves, regardless of cost, and then we'll talk about the cost. You know, I I think these were three really cool and unique ideas, right? Like, we've never had anything quite like this in the game before. We've had different specials where you could, like, have you know, five times the value for purchasing a shop offer. But this is the first time where you were able to purchase something in the game and it kind of impacted what happened to you during a match or after a match. Yeah, and uh, one other thing that I want to throw in there that I actually forgot to mention is that all three of these, once purchased, lasted for seven days. So in theory, while the gold rush lasted for the weekend you could get the boost related to it for a week, a couple of days after, you know, the gold rush was over. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about the cost being 300 gems a pop? So, I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of back and forth with this, and I think it's probably because I am more on the team of not spending money to, to boost things. Um, I think that if you really wanted to buy all of these, let's say you had zero gold, if you wanted to do it the quickest way possible, you would theoretically have to only spend 10 bucks because 10 bucks would give you either two packs of 500 gems in the shop or one pack of 1,200, and then you'd have you know enough to buy four of them. But I mean, I think the value comes from the fact that you're getting them to last for seven days. And I, I really didn't even think about that too much. I think, I think as soon as I saw 300, I was like, ugh, money grab, really don't want to do that. But the more I think about it, the more I think it's a little bit more reasonable. I don't know if it should have been 300, maybe 200. I don't know. But uh, I could see how a lot of people probably bought these. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that the, the cost should have been between two to 300, while 300 was on the high end of the range for me. You know, I totally get it. At the end of the day, these things last a week. So in theory, if you purchased all of them, you're getting 300 more gold per victory. You're getting double the cards and the gold from crown chests, which happens seven times in that week. Yeah, that's another good point. I didn't even really think of it that way either. 
and think about how many chests you can open in a week. Like think about how many times your your chest slots are full simply because you can't win or you can't open chests as quickly as you can win matches. Right. And you'd need a lot of gems in order to just gem them open or wait a long time. Right. So in this way, a silver chest, which is what you get most of the time, only takes an hour and a half to unlock. That's not bad at all. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, that's why I think I was more like back and forth with this one in particular, because from my perspective, I don't have a lot of gems and I'm not really going to dump a lot of money. I mean, you know, to be fair, $10 really isn't a lot of money, um, but I didn't really feel like paying to get extra rewards, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I just I can't, personally, I felt a little weird about it. If I had the gems, though, different. Well, to each their own. Mm hmm. And also, when in Rome, eat pizza. <laughs> yep. Um, so we also had a ridiculously awesome, spooky Halloween challenge with pretty spooky one time rewards. How cool was it? Did you see that? I think it was a nine wins. I forget if it was nine wins or 12 wins, but you got a one time reward. Every single step throughout the phase, every win was another one-time reward. Yeah, dude, I was so shocked. And honestly, this is stuff that I think that they need to do a little bit more frequently. Um, I like these holiday-themed things. I think they're really fantastic for the game and for the community. Uh, but I mean, to feel like you're progressing throughout an entire challenge without getting to a certain point in a challenge and going... Oh man, I just have to do that three more times and I'll get one card. <laughs> like, you know, that's not really that enjoyable. You'll grind it out. You'll probably get it, but there's nothing better than just knowing you can probably win a match, get a card, win a match, get a card. <laughs> it's like National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. I put a quarter in, I want a car. I put a quarter in, I want a car. I put a quarter in, I want a car. It also reminds me of like Oprah when she's like, and you get a card and you get a card. Everybody gets, gets a card. A card. <laughs> That's exactly what I felt like, actually, now that you say that. So, that being said, I did not fare very well in this challenge, so I'm happy to not talk about it for that long. <laughs> really? Yeah. So you did not put a quarter in and get a car? I got three quarters in, got three cards, and, and lost. Hmm. Miserably. I did a lot better than you now. Wow. I think I did, like, seven. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I don't really know how that happened. Uh, that, that kind of stuff never happens to me. But I guess either I got lucky or I got lucky. I mean, if this were a boom it or move it section, I would totally move this. And I just say, let's move on. Well, we're not going to do that. So uh, <laughs> wait, so did you like the whole theme of the challenge? Right. Because the big thing with the rewards is that every card was themed spooky. Right. So most of them were skeletons. And I don't just mean you get the one elixir cost skeleton card. You can get skeletons. You can get a giant skeleton. You can get a balloon. You can get uh, the tombstone. You can get any, pretty much anything that involves a dead Larry. Rip. Rip, Larry. Too soon, man. You know, it's funny. We haven't talked about Larry in a very long time. And I, I just, I feel like you just opened up a part of me that has just been a gaping hole for a long time, but I forgot about, you know what I mean? Was that not the right time to bring that up? I thought it was a good time. It's, it's his holiday. I mean, no, if there were ever a time for Larry to, 
to pay tribute to him like that's it man but like i just didn't i didn't i didn't think it was gonna happen so i'm getting a little sentimental about larry well you know like in harry potter ghosts don't celebrate their birthday they celebrate their death day it's a big party so that's what we have to do for larry (laughs) happy death day happy death day larry (laughs) um yeah so that was pretty much that um and then we also recently got a double elixir challenge which was a little different than most of the double elixir challenges that we've had in this game. Do you want to explain how this one worked? So with the King's Cup challenge, Supercell introduced the theme or the structure of a quote-unquote tiered challenge, right? Where you do the first one first, and you can't do the next version of the challenge until you complete the first version of the challenge, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, the cool thing about this challenge was that the first version of the challenge was free. You you know, your first entry was free, and then it was also cheaper to play after that. But the other cool thing is that it required less wins ultimately to, quote unquote, finish the challenge. So it required six wins as opposed to the next tier, which also you had a a free entry first. And then after that, it cost 50 gems to play. Mm -hmm. But required nine total wins in order to you know quote unquote win the entire thing what i loved about this challenge was that if you remember last time it cost a hundred gems to 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 do the king's cup right after you know in the final tier right this one cost 50 gems and with that i thought it was really cool because they gave you the one-time rewards which is what you wanted but also the ultimate victory didn't give you the best 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 of rewards but i didn't care about that because i was just happy that it cost me 50 gems to play the challenge and oh by the way i played it (laughs) i played it the first time and i lost with my free entry and then i played it the second time simply because it was not 100 gems because they lowered the cost that's why i played it that's a fair point but i'll also play a little devil's advocate and say that it may or not, it may or may not be because it was only a two-tiered challenge, whereas King's Cup was a three-tiered challenge. So the, once you get to the third tier, it's 100. Yeah, and I get that, right? But the, in the King's Cup, it was free the first tier, 10 gems for the second tier, 100 gems for the third tier. That's true. Plus, you also got a legendary as the, as the winning prize. Right. And maybe I was just a little bit bitter about the King's Cup because I didn't fare well in it and because... I didn't want to spend 100 gems. This one, the, the ending reward for the, you know, elite, call it the elite double elixir challenge, was 10,000 gold. But throughout the process, you got a whole bunch of rare cards, right, as your one-time rewards. Yeah, well, for me right now, I just finished the first uh, challenge, so I'm on the second one. And the first one, I went six and one, so that was actually pretty good. I didn't have to do it more than once, and I was pretty proud about that. Um, and nice, I man. Felt, thanks. And I felt like... Uh, I felt like the Mortar Mauler fared extremely well because I don't know about you, man, but when you are facing a mortar that can literally be played every 15 seconds, it becomes very difficult to deal with very fast. Um, and we have a lot of troops in our, in our deck that don't cost a lot, so they stack very quickly, and very soon you have a really big army. So I just feel like I'm getting really good, especially in the double elixir versions of these challenges placing cards all over the place. I have a I have a mortar on one side distracting, I have another mortar on the other side doing damage to a tower. So like, you know, it's a little bit different of a strategy because the gameplay is different, but um I do feel like it fared really well. 
Yeah, and I, and I do just, you know, in general, I like the fact that it was a double elixir challenge because like you said, a double elixir challenge innately allows off-meta decks to become playable and is just a fresh view on the game for even just a short period of time. It just mm-hmm. you take the break away from the monotonous commonly played meta decks and you take that step back and you enter like a realm of I wonder what this game's going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's yep, exactly that. Uh and a little bit of anxiety while you're playing the whole time because it's always rushed. Boom. Mhm. So needless to say, we had a great uh, week, week and a half, two weeks in the arena. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of things happened. But now we need to move on to our meta check. Meta check. So another meta check brought to you by our friend, Lloyd Christmas. Joe, what does Devin have to say about this past week's meta? Yeah, man. So our boy Lloyd Christmas, Devin, hit us with another meta check. And Rob, you are not going to believe the numbers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rob, (laughs) they said it couldn't be done. Are you sure? They said the odds were too great. They said there was just no chance. But they were wrong. Who are these people and what are we talking about? And with that, I would like to welcome to the club... The Goblin Hut! Whoa! Get out of here! The Goblin Hut, for the first time in 33 weeks, people that is over a half of a year, wow, has finally hit the top 25 decks. For what? I don't know. (laughs) But this bad boy has brought itself out of the dark and completed the list of card appearances that have finally made it to the top of the ladder. Boom and double boom. That's fantastic. Huge round of goblin applause for that card. That's right. So now that the anomaly's out of the way, let's hit the rest of the numbers. Some highlights for October. Are you ready? Born ready. Have you been using the bandit? Because if you haven't been, you probably should be. Bandit checks in as the number nine card in the game with use rates of 29% at the top of the ladder. Wow, that's high. She's mainly featured in beatdown style decks, but does have a good deal of versatility for a fair cost. You'll find her normally in golem beatdown style decks, and she just dominates when there's a tank in front of her that just allows it to soak up the damage. I also find her in a lot of decks that uh, are with the regular size full-grown P.E.K.K.A. Yes. So either the Golem or the P.E.K.K.A., two of the, you know, heaviest units in the game. Mm-hmm. Next up, we all kind of figured this would happen, but at the top of the card use rates is obviously the Log, the Zap, and the Ice Spirit. All three of these cheap cost troops and or spells that have tremendous value on the map in the current meta. But get this. What about the Princess? The Princess is currently being used 33% of the time. She's the number four card used in the game at the top of the ladder. I feel it, man. I'm telling you, I feel that card all the time now. I need my log ready and raring to go. I totally agree, man. Her popularity is coming back. It continues to grow. And it actually is nice to see her make a comeback. I see her featured plenty of times in the Loblin and decks of that sort. We do see a constant rise, or we've been seeing a constant rise of bats and other squishy troops like we've just been talking about. 
and she just holds tremendous value in this current meta. So if you're not using her, you may want to consider. And I will always have a special place in my heart for the princess because, if you remember, she was my first legendary from a free chest. Boom. So what else? Last week we talked about the Tomahawk as the ultimate beatdown style deck, right? Oh, I remember. Now if we had to convert a beatdown style deck into a beatdown style spell, what would you say that would be? I think that there are really only two viable options that fit that description, no? Maybe I made it up. I'm gonna go with the rocket. The rocket, ding, 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 ding. The rocket <laughs> is dominating the high damage spells at use rates of 32%. And oh, by the way, I promise you that that is due in part because the Loblin is ridiculously used at the top of the ladder. It includes the princess, which we just talked about. And oh, by the way, it includes the log and you guessed it, the rocket. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Next up, which is also used in the Loblin, is the Goblin Gang. It's making a strong comeback and seeing consistent use rates around 30% and is checking in at the number 10 card spot in the current meta. So in this current meta, four of the top 10 cards in the game being used right now are all in the Loblin. So if you want a strong deck, probably check that out. Good point. Great advice. Any last final words? One more very interesting one. I mean, maybe not interesting. I guess everyone would kind of recognize this, but let's point it out. We think Supercell's got to really do something with these three cards, the Valkyrie, the Witch, and the Wizard. These are some of the most OG cards in Clash Royale, and all of their use rates are set currently at 0% Ooh. in the last period. A total, whomping total, of zero appearances for each of these three cards. And really when you think about it, the Valkyrie, the Witch, and the Wizard are true OG style cards. When vanilla Clash Royale was out, these three cards were used a tremendous amount of time. Yeah, it's a really good point. Fast forward a year and a half, and here we are. Zero total use rate at the top. So that's it, man. There are some more items in the meta check, but as always, we will plop the meta check in the show notes. Take a look. If you have any questions, let us know, and we'll be sure to respond. Bada bada. Boom. Boom. Nice job, dude. Very impressive. Hey, Rob. Hey, Joe. Hey, Rob. Hey, Joe. Guess what? I'm what? You want to know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for Boom It or Move It. Oh, Yes. I am so excited about this. Rob, so do me a favor. Please let everyone know who may or may not be familiar with Boom It or Move It what this section entails. So Boom It or Move It is actually a fairly recent segment that Joe and I started. Um, and it essentially is a quick list where Joe and I go through things one at a time and we either say that we like it, we boom it, or we don't like it, we move it. And then we give our reasons why. So. Again, the thing is to go through these fairly quickly and just have some fun. All right, man, so let's kick things off. You ready? I am ready. When you have a maxed out card, this card should no longer show up in the shop. Boom it or move it. Ooh, I am definitely going to boom this one. Oh, yeah? Why? I don't know, man. I just feel like, I mean, even if it's not when they're maxed, but like, you know, when you can get the max amount of cards on top of a max level card, like you can get 100 past a max level card. Yep. 
I feel like at that point, there's really no reason for it to be showing up in my shop because all it's doing is taking up a card spot from something that I could be purchasing. And I don't really like the way that that works and I would love to see that changed. Right, so, so basically just to clarify, right now if you have a maxed out card, it'll show up in the shop and you can purchase up to, you know, if it's a common card, up to 100 more of that card, right? Yep. But if you reach 100 past that maxed card, then what happens is the shop button just becomes grayed out. So you can't really collect anymore. So it winds up being like a wasted spot. And it sadly reminds you that your card is maxed out. Right. So to that point, I will also boom this one. Hey, there we go. One and one. Are you ready for number two? Hit me. So cards should be nerfed based on use rates. Boom it or move it. Dude, I am going to move it move it move it Ooh, all right I'm, I'm i'm intrigued man i am very passionate about this i see people all the time and all they want to do is say oh the hog rider is used too much let's nerf it oh the royal giants use too much let's nerf it oh the bombers never used let's buff it let's just buff the the heck out of it so that it just becomes super good right but at the end of the day if you buff or nerf cards solely on how much it's being played, then what you could do is create an imbalanced meta all because you want something to change. Whereas the meta might currently be balanced, but cards just aren't being used because maybe they're not as effective versus other cards in the meta, right? I like that. That's a good way of thinking. Like, it's not one card that has to be tweaked. It's a meta that has to be tweaked. Because if you tweak one card, that one card does nothing in and of itself. You have to play that card with seven others and synergize its abilities to make it good. So, you know, I just think that nerfing the meta and buffing the non-meta just to make things quote-unquote balanced doesn't actually achieve a balanced game. Boom. <laughs> you mean moob. Moob, right. <laughs> right. I totally agree with that uh, line of thinking, and I, I couldn't have said it better myself. All right, man. I've got a simple one for you. What is it? I've got two words for you. Drag glitch. Boom it or moob it. Ooh, I feel like you just threw me a softball, man. Yeah, you know, it can't always be challenging. Sometimes you gotta, I gotta give you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of leeway here. All right, I like it. So... Obviously, I'm going to move it. And obviously, I'm going to boom that they need to fix it because it's ridiculous that when you take a card off your little dock and you drag it onto the field and then you place it, but the game reacts as if you're still holding the card, causing you to not be able to touch or interact with anything else in the game for a good amount of time, all things considered. I think that that is a huge bug a massive oversight, and needed to be fixed last week. I totally agree with that line of thinking. I will I will move the drag glitch. I can't tell you how many games I have lost because of this glitch. And I'll tell you, man, the lag glitch that we talked about two weeks ago, that was one thing. But the drag glitch seems to be a recurring theme that has been around in the game for whatever reason for quite some time now. And I guess my biggest issue with this is that the game is hard enough to play as it is. And... If you're losing because of skill, then that's fine and you can kind of overcome that. But if you're losing simply because you can't play cards, well, that 
that's a much bigger issue, right? Like it, it makes me not want to play. Like it makes me think that like the servers are messed up and I need to take like a, a 15 minute break or a half hour break before I can go in and play again. Yeah, this one goes right up there with uh, the fix of the mortar. Uh, there's just certain things that need to be fixed in order for everybody to be at a quote unquote even playing field and have it solely based on skill and card levels. Totally agree. So, are you ready for the last one? This is it. This is the moment of truth. Hit me. If you complete a challenge, your next entry should be half the entry cost. Boom it or move it. Dude, I am going to boom this one for sure. How cool would it be if you're a free-to-play player and you wind up spending 100 gems to do a grand challenge and you get the max wins. How cool would it be if the next time you played the grand challenge, it was 50 gems? So sure, in the long run for people that grind out grand challenges, like really, really good people at this game, like the pros, obviously they're gonna have a ball with this one, right? Because they would just love to pay much less gems in order to play grand challenges in practice. Right. But for the everyday free to play players that sometimes play classic challenges like if you win a classic challenge how cool would it be to just pay five gems for the next one no that would be fantastic maybe the extra tweak there is to make it so that when the cost is cheaper maybe they tweak the rewards a little bit so that way it's not such an easy thing for higher level players to grind through maybe 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 <laughs> so i'm gonna boom it man but that was a lot of fun Another successful boom it or move it, I have to say. That's what we do, man. We boom it a lot. Sometimes we move it, but only when we only when we really have to. I mean, really, nobody's happy when there's a move. Everybody's excited for a boom. I mean, how could you not be? Boom. boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have a couple of chests to open. Yeah, we do. How many chests do you have, Joe? I've got a crown chest, a clan chest, and a big dog. So I have a crown chest and a clan chest. I unfortunately don't have any big dogs. Oh, come on. So you, yeah, well, you know, and uh, listeners, if you know anything about simple math and round robins and Joe's attitude towards going second, you know that he hates what's about to happen. So this means that I have to go first. So unfortunately, <laughs> I will go first. We're doing the crown or the clan first. I'll let you decide. I will go crown first. Are you ready? I couldn't be more ready. I don't like what's happening right now, but I'm about to do it. Here we go. 604 gold. Nice. Three gems. Six cannons. Twelve fire spirits. All right. 56... Royal Giants. Ah, the Royal Grr. And eight Barbarian Huts. Oh, what a pathetic crown chest that was, man. That was a, that was a, that was a frown chest. That was, that was not... a frown, frowny McFrownster chest. Wow. I think we actually have to start calling the Royal GG the Royal Grr. The Royal Grr. It's ridiculous. I like that. Um, so, yeah, not your best frown chest um no so maybe i can make up for it i hope so all right so 
my crown chest. Hopefully not a frown chest. 597 gold. Two gems. <laughs> 16 zaps. Not bad. Pretty good, considering we just talked about how that's being used a lot in the meta. Zap-a-lap-lap. -lap. Zap lap Um, three flying machines. Nah. Eh. I mean, I'll take it. Right now, I have 152 of them, so I'm just not doing anything with them until they make this card better. Yep. Mm-hmm. Five musketeers. Okay. And 58 minions. Regular minions? Yes. Regular minions. The the three compadres. Nice. That wasn't a bad chest. That was not as frustrating as mine. That was not a frown chest, I think. No, definitely not a frown chest. Um, and I don't use all those cards, uh, but none of them are really particularly bad cards. They're all good cards except for arguably the flying machine, but I'm sure I'll get 10 emails that tell me how I'm wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. All right, you ready? I've got a clan chest. I'm ready for that. All right, here we go. 1,620 gold as expected. Three more barbarian huts? Like, what is happening? If I get royal giants, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> 30 ice spirits. Ooh, 43 arrows, mortar mauler, baby. Let's go. Nice. Where, where are your arrows again? I know you said this before, but I don't remember. Yeah, during the intro, I talked about having, like, I needed... You know, just 2,000 more to get level 13. So now I need 1,950 so, more. <laughs> so what you're saying is you're not close. Right, not close. But now I'm closer. <laughs> right, yes. 77 barbarians. 91 goblins. All right. Two princes. And 24 battle rams. Not too shabby, babby. You got two princes. I got two phones. phones. Uh. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. You ready? It's my turn. I'm ready. Okay. Level 10, clan chest. Here we go. As expected, 1,620 gold. Two heal spells. Hmm. Hmm, is right. <laughs> 34 bats. Five hog riders. Hog rider! Oh, what is going on? Uh-oh. Six flying machines. So what is that now? How many did you get before? Four? So now you're at ten? I don't know. This card makes me forget how to do math. The flying machine? <laughs> That's how mad I am at it. <laughs> This card like makes me unable to do any clerical test. I'm going to come up with stupid names for everything that just makes me mad or sad. So this is no longer the flying machine. This is the crying machine. I like it. So we've got the frown chest, and we miraculously invented a new card called crying machine. And the royal gur. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty good with this stuff right now. Uh, 14 elixir collectors, or as you love to call it, the elixir pump. Elixir pump. 206 cannons. That's a lot of cannons. Yeah, that's, um, wow. I don't think I've ever gotten that many cannons in any chest. And my last card, three golems. 
Boom, dude. That's not a bad chest. I got two princes. You got three golems. I'd much rather have three golems. Right, but I got I got six crying machines. So who's really winning in this situation? Rob, I, I got an entire frown frown chest. So That's, all right. Well, you got a big dog. I do have a big dog. Are you ready? I'm, <laughs> I'm ready because I got nothing else. Magical chest. Here we Ooh. go. Ooh. Twelve hundred gold. Seven spear goblins. Okay, starting off small. This is a this is a good run. I feel it. Thirty-one bombalamlamers. I thought you were gonna say bomb towers. I was like, what? Why? Why are you like jovial about this? I mean, it was just it's the only way I can manage to handle it. <laughs> All right, no explanation needed. Eight fireballs. <laughs> All right. Eight ice golems. All right. Eight heal spells. There's a lot of eights going on right now. Hmm. 57 cannons. So we have lots of cannons. We have over 250. Not nearly as bad as how many I got. No legendary, but four clone spells. So this was a pretty upsetting magical chest. To be honest, so I've gotten a frown chest, a clan chest, and then a not so magical chest. This was the opposite of a true magical chest for me. Right. No, I I agree. I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, but the more the more I think about it, uh, if they ever bring back touchdown, almost all the cards we got are great. Right. If. Right. Big if there. Well, maybe we're gonna we're gonna clearly have to put that in a boom it or move it, and I think. Think we're gonna know what we're gonna say about it right you gotta give the softballs every once in a while exactly um so that was a good chess opening all things considered when you look at it from multiple perspectives i concur robert mm-hmm so without further ado let's move on to our deck spotlight deck spotlight and this deck is called Clash 101 because we are going back to basics. And it's a 3.3 average elixir cost deck which contains the baby dragon, the giant, the musketeer, minions, skeletons, cannon, fireball, and the zap. So Joe, bring us back to our roots. How do we play this deck? Dude, so this deck is super, super awesome. You want to talk about a deck like you just said, Clash 101, bringing it back to the basics, the early level arenas, man. There are zero total legendaries in this deck. There is a whopping total of one epic in the deck. And oh, by the way, that epic is available to every single player in the game that goes through the training camp. Everything else is a common or a rare, so they are easier to level up than most other cards. The cool thing about this deck is that it encompasses most of the powerful cards in the early stages of the game that truly allow any player to pick up the deck, and if you play it right, climb up the rankings, climb up the arenas, and climb up the trophy ladder much quicker than you normally would. The easiest way to play the deck is actually quite simple. At 3.3 Elixir, this thing is a giant cycle deck. It can be played very fast 
and the goal is to get the giant down as many times in one game as you possibly can. At early levels, the giant is actually quite tough to deal with, especially if you can accompany it with some AoE splash damage or spells. Best way to play the deck is to not drop the giant at the river. Most players early on in the game wind up stacking troops right behind each other, or they'll drop troops right at the river. The best approach is to drop the giant in the back, let him walk up a little bit, and then the next card down should be the baby dragon. Baby dragon and the giant are both very tanky. The baby dragon allows any AoE type troop to be killed very easily. And oh, by the way, if you throw a zap or a fireball in the mix with that, it really allows the giant easy access to a tower, especially if a building winds up blocking the way. If you wind up seeing that your opponent does not have splash AoE type troops to deal with, drop the musketeer behind the giant instead of the baby dragon and utilize the baby dragon separately as a tank or on defense. The cool thing about this deck is that it has good offense and defense. The musketeer at lower levels is easily one of the best defensive cards in the game. Minions and skeletons, while they can be taken out quite easily, actually offer really good distraction and or DPS. The cannon early on in the game is one of the best buildings that you can have. The cannon at three cost is the cheapest kind of building you can put on the arena aside from the tombstone. The cool thing about it is that it has tremendous damage per second, especially when you're dealing with tanks. And at lower level arenas, tanks are really what wind up killing you. If you wind up facing a deck without a tank, you're probably going to beat it with ease. And to be fair, you don't see the tombstone until the bone pit. So you have two arenas before you get to that card. Right. So chances are your cannon is probably a higher level than your tombstone. So mm -hmm. the, like I said, the cool thing about the deck is that most of these cards you get pretty early on in the game. And what's even better is that they are not hard to level up. Commons are obviously the easiest and oh, by the way, the cheapest <laughs> and even better. The rares are the only other card in the deck aside from the baby dragon, which, oh, by the way, is available the first time you open the game and start it and pass the training camp. So, like I said, this is a great, great, great deck. I can't emphasize it enough. If you want to just go back to the basics, stop worrying about the log and the princess and the ice wizard and all of those very difficult to play, high skill cap style decks. This deck will allow you to just breeze through lower level arenas. The one card that you really do need to watch out for is the Valkyrie. The Valkyrie eats up your Musketeer, so if you make the mistake of dropping the Musketeer behind your Giant while your Skeletons are also being protected by the Giant, the Valkyrie will eat them both alive and then take out your Giant in the mix. And then, oh, by the way, you will have to kill the Valkyrie when she comes back. The best way to respond to a Valkyrie player is to only use your Musketeer when you are countering the Valkyrie after she goes on offense. Aside from that, you want to be using your Baby Dragon and or your minions to facilitate the offensive push. And with that, you've got yourself an easy victory or an easy way to climb up the ranks. Bada bada, boom. Dude. Not necessarily in the exact cards that we're using in this deck, but in the level of play and the style of play, this reminds me a lot of the feeling you got when you finally figured out how to play Jason's deck. Oh, dude, I totally agree, right? Right, from episode four? 
That was a long time ago. I mean, Jason's deck was so simple to play, but hard to figure out how to play, right? Like, it took you a little while to figure out how to play it, but once you understood how to play it, it was a very easy deck to play. And hard for other people to counter. Totally agree with that. This deck is very similar. You're going to find a couple of struggles the first time around. Just think about the name of the deck. Clash 101, it's all about the basics. It's all about the fundamentals. You need a heavy tank, you've got the giant. You need a, an off tank, you've got the baby dragon. You need splash damage, you've got the baby dragon and two spells. You need single target damage, you've got the musketeer and distraction with the skeletons. I mean, it's got the kit of everything you'd need, offense and defense. Just figure out what the best play style is for you. Cycle the giant, use it as a tank, develop a push, and bada bada, boom. Nice, dude. I love that deck. That was a great deck spotlight. Thanks, man. For sure. Always, uh, always good to go back to basics. The fundamentals of every game are usually the most important, right? So, I mean, you can't go wrong mastering them now well you can go wrong trying to master them because i i still don't know them but right i try well we pretend boom Mm-hmm. so uh like we mentioned last time we are using an older website that gives us podcast reviews however it usually updates once a month so for people that don't like hearing reviews congratulations we have none uh next time hopefully we will but Rest assured, eventually we will see everyone's reviews. Like we say every episode, it's the number one way you can help us reach more people, and we greatly, greatly appreciate when you leave us an iTunes review. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't really matter. We love seeing them. Boom. And we also got some super support this week. Super support. Two new patrons. Two huge, huge, huge shout-outs to Patrick Grant and Steel City Boys. For joining the club, supporting what we do, using their hard-earned money to support what we do, Rob, so that we can continue to bring fresh, new, fun, fresh, and awesome content for all of the listeners in our entire community. So guys, thank you so, so much from the bottom of our hearts. Bada bada, boom. Boom. And that pretty much wraps up episode 49 so now i'm going to say episode 49 in the books episode 49 in the in the in the books can't believe you didn't get mad at me for stealing your line this time is it because i used it appropriately here's my issue right (laughs) great my issue i stirred up something yeah no, no no my issue is that sometimes like the past couple of episodes you've been stealing my lines and so because you've been using them so much, I don't remember that they're mine. Hmm, okay. That's fair. That's a problem. It could be a problem. You know what we'll do? Maybe on our 50th episode, maybe if we come up with nothing else, maybe we'll just reverse roles and you can say the introduction to the show and I'll come up with something that we're going to talk about. That's not going to happen. No, it's not. But maybe. <laughs> it's, it's called wishful thinking for a reason, Joe. Yeah, no, I get it. I don't know if I could properly start the show off. You kind of kick things off and get me, you know, you get me, you know, in the right spot. Hmm. Are you admitting that I start the show really well after months of telling me that I'm ridiculous when I start the intro? No, I would never admit that out loud (laughs) to anyone, including all of our listeners. So no, absolutely not. (laughs) 
fair. Um, so <laughs> anything else? You got anything else? Hopefully not. No, let's let's end this train wreck before it crashes. <laughs> okay. Um, so if there is nothing else, everything that we usually say at the end of the podcast is in the show notes. If you'd like to email us, the email's there. Joe, if they want to find us on Twitter, where can they find us? If you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. Yes, and we are almost at 4,000 followers. So if you've been on the fence about following us on Twitter, get on that bandwagon, help us reach 4K, and let's get the party started. Boom. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing else, we will see you next time for another hodgepodge of everything hodgepodge of everything boom Boom. bye bye